0: And uh, it wasn't always like that. You know, um, I didn't know I was gonna be here tonight, um, but I've been taught that once someone calls me in AA and asks me to help out in any way, shape or form, if it aligns with, um, you know, like really not coming into work or any like firm commitment, then I should be there. And um, I'm like, oh man, you know what's what's, like great is uh, I haven't been to this meeting in a few months and automatically when I walk up, it didn't feel like that people are walking up to me greeting me and i'm like wow like uh that's aa and um you know i'm grateful for that so for me um you know i suffer from the disease of alcoholism and what that means to me is that once i take that first hit shot or slam i can't stop and that that's the bottom line you know and, and I'm, I'm truly grateful that um i went through an experience during COVID of a relapse because I just thought I suffered from outside issues. I'm like, yeah, I'm not an alcoholic. Well, you know what? I took that drink and the drink took me in, and that's the bottom line. And I stayed out for eight months. But um, when I came back to the program, um, I actually took those suggestions, which would be, you know, get a sponsor, find a home group and work the steps. So my home group is the Chino Men's Stag. And um, ultimately, um, when I first got to that meeting, um, I remember walking in and I'm like, oh, these guys don't want nothing to do with me. like. Um, I'm this young Mexican kid and uh, they can't relate to me. Well, you know, I sat in that meeting and I'm like, wow, they've been through everything I've been through and more. So you know what, um, that automatically attracted me. And, and you know, uh, no one looked down on me. Um, I got to share a little bit and um, I was just automatically attracted to uh, the happiness that they had inside of them. And also um, after and that meeting that I went to was during COVID, it was outside. And um, after the meeting was done, like a group of the guys came up to me and they actually like asked me for my number. And I was like, you know, it was, it was so long since I even had a phone because when I was out there in the disease, you know, um, you know, I, I was just completely disconnected. And um, what my alcoholism does when it's untreated is, um, you know, push me out on the streets to be homeless when I had a home because that guilt and shame and those emotions that uh, I knew I should be doing the right thing Drove me not to come home. So um, I would uh, break into uh, abandoned buildings and um, just basically isolate and um, continue chasing that next dream. Continue chasing that next dream. So once I came to the program, um, you know, uh, that new time, which would be September 11th, um, 2020, um, you know, it was a slow process. And uh, I I was able to realize that it's not about. just pushing through the steps because it, it it's a way of life and I'm glad I could uh, understand that now. So um, I end up getting introduced to a gentleman that walked me through the book and um, had that time for me to really break down um, that text and, and uh, help me understand that, um, you know, I know how to drink and use perfectly fine. I don't have a drinking or using problem. I have a thinking problem. And once I can identify that through the steps, um, that's when my life um you know, start to open up, but it was little by little you know um it w- it was a, a big process for me and, and uh, when I went through uh that step work um you know I feel like my higher power has a wild sense of humor, so it took me about two months to get um every single um, section of that four step completed and I remember it was uh, July fourth um I went to la um you know for some fireworks show and i had my backpack and i remember i was keeping my step work on me at all times and um the car got broken into and my backpack got taken and i'm like oh and uh, i remember i told my i like automatically call my mom like mom like and then i call my sponsor um because you know my mom's an al-anon so she knows the deal i went to tell her oh like what could i say and she's like you already wrote it just write it again and then i and then i, I talked to my sponsor and he, and he tells me well maybe do you mind think you've left something out and i'm like oh so you know what um definitely humbled myself and i just stabbed at it again because i seen this sense of freedom that these men had in the program and um, i wanted that so um, i went through that process and um ultimately i think it was uh you know uh, once I was able to start chipping away at those amends understanding that um those god-given instincts were out of whack and i wasn't a piece of anymore you know or i wasn't less than or it wasn't me being that devious person it was that disease of alcoholism that um you know i was able to follow through with those amends and man it, it was definitely a sense of freedom you know um Walking through that and um, I think one that like really touched my heart and it was that first one I did it and my sponsor told me hey Anthony when you go and make those amends um, Not everyone's gonna be you know, happy-go-lucky and you're gonna have to like get used to that And the thing was uh, I I went to make that first amends uh, to my grandfather And I think that you know, uh, my higher power put me in the place I need to be because this is a very hard-working stern man Um, That raised a family that was deeply affected by a disease of of alcoholism. And he looked at me in my eyes and he said, you're a real changed man. And that like meant the world to me. Like I was like, I just, I was speechless. I walked out of his house like on feathers, you know, but um, it was that, that, that was something that like truly sold me because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, but you know, my grandpa, like, there's no way, but you know what? It it that hard, tough person, like, totally like showed this side of himself to me that um I couldn't explain. <laughs> so that allowed me to know that you know there's that power, you know that power in those steps and um and understanding the um that obviously I can make uh, make those amends right if I have the opportunity like directly, but also that there are going to be times when um when thing, things aren't always going great in life. And um, that's where I was able to realize that that connection with my higher power through prayer. And, um, you know, this uh, first men's retreat I went to my first year of being sober. I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was a retreat, but I know it was uh, an event I went to where I I got to share a room with Bob Horak. And um, you know what? uh, It was a really good example of I seen him woke up in the morning and I was doing it. Because uh, it was someone told me, oh, you you have these like this uh, the daily reflection, the twenty four hours a day book. So I was doing it, but it, like really like allowed me to see someone really practicing the step. as we were at this place, spent the night. I woke up and and look, and of course Bob's already up and he's reading the book, and that just made me feel so good to know like, oh, I am doing it right, you know, like oh this is this is the way. Um, but also knowing that um, for me, it's a. Uh, having that regimen in the morning um, and that quiet time has really allowed me to know that um, I can walk through um, anything. Um, Recently it seems like uh, because life is so full now and I've been sober, um, I'm attending school and um, I'm just on new territory that I've never been on. I never had any type of confidence that I'd be able to get through AA. Um, But um, with that being said, it, there's new situations I'm walking through in full of fear. And what's been helping me this morning is, um, you know, changing up my prayers. Uh, one of these uh, guys printed out this big, long sheet of uh, prayers. And uh, that's something that I just incorporated like last week of just uh, different, you know, um, different verbiage. Obviously, it's tapping that same source. But to know that um, I could rely on that. I could rely on that and... Um, I feel like once I, once I start doubting myself, it's because I forget that I have this fellowship. You know, I have this fellowship that I can call. And, um, I can be current and correct with my sponsor that knows he's sponsoring me. You know what I mean? And, um, that's been, that's been extremely huge. Um, and it's just like, um, now that, that, that things are like just getting really busy in life. Um, I do have to remember that, uh. Where I came from with AA and and where I came from and to know that um, being around the newcomer is uh, what feeds my spirit. Now, I was in a lot of fear going to school. Oh, I'm not going to be able to like actually pack things back in the stream of life because I'm not around alcoholics. Well, guess what? (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, I was able to be put in a position of being a writing tutor where now I'm working with people every single day. And it's like, wow. Like, I was always, always here just, like, uh, full of fear. But you know what? Um, if I put my trust in my higher power, I'm able to, like, um, find that right path and uh, continue... Um, Helping And just because it's not in the fellowship doesn't mean I can act some type of way. Like um, I've found like when I act loving and kind to everyone, even at school, things are just falling into place. And um, it's not easy to like, you know, um, be patient every single day. Uh, But you know what? I realized that um, I'm willing to um, protect my serenity now um, by by living those 12 steps. So with that being said, I love you, family. That's all I got. All right, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right, all right. Our next guy is eating cake right now, so Yay. let's go in a couple of minutes. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm you know, uh, I went to a convention down in uh, Palm Beach and uh, this this next uh, speaker kind of uh, put the seat in so I went and uh, we followed him around in motorcycles. he had him and a bunch of group they go all around through Palm Springs, to the outskirts of the town and they got uh, some kind of card game. And I had rented a car to go up there and it was uh, with a high performance car. And the frenzy started, the motorcycle. And I felt, I felt like I was, I was 16 again Stealing cars. Mm. That's how I felt. Drag racing, we had a great time. Come on, b- up. up. What's your story, please? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank, you. yeah. thank you, Fernando. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Horak, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Bob. It's really good to be here tonight, and it's good to be sober, and thank you for calling me Les. And, uh, you know, mostly, a lot of you people I've known a long, long time. You know, uh, Anyway, is there any newcomers here tonight? Okay, well, welcome anyway. Even, even <laughs> if you didn't raise your hand, you know. Anyway, uh, I want you know I want to welcome you to Alcoholics Anonymous. I love AA. I love Alcoholics Anonymous, and I love being sober. Let me tell you a little. You know. I got here on a wife card in 1985. Well, February 21st, me and Susie will tre- celebrate 43 years of marriage. All right. So yeah. this this program definitely worked, you know. How'd you do it, Susie? Yeah, I, I, I keep you know, Mike. I keep looking for a halo to give her whenever she ha- we have another anniversary, and I can't find them, it, help me out. Anyway, Mike's da- dad, Don, was, was a real good friend of mine, him and, and uh, Mac Brewster, Waterfront Mac, and uh, we used to ride together to our men's home group, which is Chino Men's, and, uh, and all we did all the way out there and all the way back was talk about our kids, so, I, I was talking to his sister once and I said, you know what, I know more about you than your sponsor. And she said, oh no you don't. And I told her one of the stories that her dad had told me. She, then she knew I knew as much. Yep. Anyway, you know, that, that's what that's what we do. You know, me and Susie have 17 grandchildren and a great grandchild and another grand a great granddaughter and a great granddaughter on her way we've made three trips to texas this this summer and this middle trip was to perform my second oldest grandson's wedding i got reordained and was able to he asked that (laughs) papa would be the one that performed his wedding so Anyway, let me get a little, you know, I'm supposed to be tell, saying, you know, telling you a little bit about what it was like, what has happened, and what it's like today, you know. And and really, it's been, I've been in this program way over half of my life now, so that's what I know is the program, you know. Anyway, uh, what happened... You know, I had eight brothers and sisters. We were really poor. Me and, me and Susie will sit there and argue about who was poor. Well, she lived up north. So they had, like, you know, real milk and stuff. Because the cattle lived next door. You know? And she, liked the, and, and she talks about, you know, they had a lot more. My dad... Uh, Worked. He worked nights and tried to support us, but he was also, he drank, you know? And uh, so my mom would, whatever five-hour allowance she got every week to feed us, that's what we had. Anyway, and most of my my siblings uh, have became pretty successful. And uh, I had a little brother who followed me into the program. And he gave me the biggest compliment I ever had when he told me the reason he came to AA was he saw how it had worked for me in our lives and me and Susie's lives. Man, you know, that just crushed my heart, you know. He was murdered on his 21st AA birthday. And that was the only year that we didn't talk on our birthdays. You know, I called him, but he was down in Australia. And, of course, the phone call didn't go through. And I found out later that day that he was stabbed to death. But he died sober, 21 years sober in AA. I had another, an older brother who's gone. He was only maybe three years older than me. But when we saw him at my little brother's funeral, my friend, a bunch of friends showed up because we don't do nothing here alone in Alcoholics Anonymous. We do it with the fellowship. And uh, he, a friend of mine who I'd known many, many years, said, Who's that, your dad? And I said, No, that's my older. He was only three years older, but he looked older than my mom because he drank his whole life. Well, when I got sober, he told me, he says, that's good for you, but I'm not alcoholic. You know, so be it. He died in, in his mid-60s. You know, I turned 72. I will turn 72 in April. I had a massive heart attack. Uh, they call it the Widowmaker i had it and you should hear my wife talk about it it was the calmest emergency we've ever had because i woke her up and says hey honey i think i'm having a heart attack we should call nine one one. and she goes well what do you think we should wear i said well if i wear a long-sleeve t-shirt don't cut it off so let's wear a button-down shirt <laughs> anyway by time by time the paramedics got there and they were right down the street You know, I I felt like somebody was beating me in the chest with a sledgehammer. I was in full cardiac arrest. Well, what's amazing about that is my dad had that same heart attack at 57 years old. And my baby sister came home from high school and found him dead in the shower. So that was almost two years ago. There's other issues coming up, but that's part of life. You know, what I go through once in a while is just part of life. You know, I see less almost every week at church if we're in town. If we're not, I don't see it. You know, uh, anyway, my poor wife, when she met me, one of the, we used to go to a bar in Rolling Heights, and... Uh, Next door was a liquor store, and my buddy owned that liquor store. He was also my connection. So, well, we would walk out of the bar, the beer bar, after shooting pool. And anyway, one day we're walking in there one night, Friday night probably, and uh, I see this guy walking in. He's got a bulge in his waist. So I bump him in the chest and take, reach down and take a thirty eight from him, you know, a six-shooter. And uh, I gave it to my buddy. He gives me a bunch, he, he turns, cause he said, that guy was gonna rob me, Bob. Anyway, so I gave him the gun. He gives me a couple ounces, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I look back at that today, cause this was probably, you know, early 80s late 70s and uh i look back and i said man susie must have who is this guy (laughs) because she was a good girl but you know somehow she she went the way i was going you know anyway that's why i said i got here on a court card because we were married almost five years and she says you know I can't do this anymore. So I tried to quit, you know, get sober on my own. And you know how that worked. It didn't. Anyway, uh, I had a lot of drunk drivings. I had, my first court card was in 1970. And I was only 18 or 19 years old. And I went back to court, I had it signed. And I realized this judge never even, all he did was look at that there was 15 signatures, and that was it. He didn't check who was, if I really went. So anyway, uh, so the next time I got a court card, I didn't even, buy, I just signed. I'd go to the bar and say, look, put this, put your initials, and put this. And, and, you know, get it signed. Anyway uh i had i i one time i had a grandma seizure because i had a drunk driving i'd been fighting for two or three years kept getting postponements and anyway so finally i got a, a second drunk driving but before i got arraigned on the second one i picked up a third one And I said, man, this is getting out of hand. I got to do something. And I quit everything, cold turkey. The third day at work, I had a grandma seizure. They thought I had a heart attack, but when I was honest about it, they realized what it was, you know. And uh, it is what it is, you know. It's what it took. I I definitely earned my seat Mm -hmm. to Alcoholics Anonymous. You know when the, you know I do have a home group I have a sponsor who just turned 49 he's a regular member of Alcoholics Anonymous you know it's the I am an aA in good standing I've you know we've lost a lot of people I just lost a very good friend Wednesday. Uh, I know if you, a lot of you guys probably knew Ron S. from he, His main meetings were at the Triangle. But anyway, we lost him Wednesday. And uh, he, he died with 46 years of sobriety. We were very good friends. And I, you know, let's have a moment of silence for him. But mostly for his wife Dorothy they were married 55 years I don't know how she you know that she's gonna be able to you know comprehend any of this or take any of this anyway let silent for uh, Ron please Thank you. You know, a lot of us, I know a lot of people here are from, we're, you know, we're new like Waterfront Mac and, and, and Don Babs, Don, you know. Well, what I look at over my life now is how fortunate I was to know those people. And now it's my job and most the other people in here's job to carry, to carry the message that they gave you on to the next people. You know, I keep having... Uh, 13 years ago, I was in a major motorcycle accident where I got rear-ended on my Harley. I was airlifted. I was first... The ambulance took me to Santa Maria... And from Santa Maria, they airlifted me to Santa Barbara. I had broken every rib on one side, my collarbone, fractured my skull, had a concussion, blew both eardrums. And when I came to, I was in an MRI machine. And I tried to break out of it because, like, where am I? In a coffin? I didn't know what was going on. Anyway... I was in intensive care for three days, and they told Susie, "You can stay here because we don't know if he's going to live through the night." Mm-hmm. Well, what all my old, my AA brothers told me at the time is, you know what? God didn't isn't done with you. You you still got a bunch of knuckleheads to carry the message to, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's and every time something happens where it should have killed a mortal man. I, that's how I feel about it. You know, so fortunate to be here, to be, you know, the last year and a half, we've had nothing but one issue after the next. I don't, poor Susie, She, (laughs) you know, for me, I laugh about her, but (laughs) it's not easy for her. You know, it, it just isn't. When we were back in Texas, for my last granddaughter to be born, we went down to, and we were, that's in the Dallas area. We went down to the San Antonio area because I have a grandson. My oldest grandson is in the penitentiary there and he's doing 15. I didn't know if I would ever see him again. We got to go, we had a four hour visit with him in prison and what what a relief you know to to be able to go and see him and for many years like i performed his mother's second wedding because she wanted my two oldest grandsons to walk her down the aisle well when we when i performed the wedding he went up to his grandma and says, wow, because I was talking to the, my new son-in-law's parents, all their pe- the people they invited, and she, she go, he goes up to Susie and says, how does Papa do that? Anyway, when we went and visited him, he, he's got it. <laughs> he's doing it. He's a minister's assistant. And he's talking to all the other prisoners, teaching them how to read the Bible. My wife thought he'd grown three or four inches. No, he was just standing up and strong. She was, when we left, it, we were glad we were, had been able to go visit him, you know. And, it, you know, what we, what we go to, we never know. We don't know what's going to happen. None of this is our business, you know. Uh, I'm so glad uh, you, all you people showed up on a cold December night. <laughs> you know, you're keeping this together, Les, you know, somehow. And, uh, you know, when, when Les called, I said, well, I guess I'll just dress a little warmer. You know, that's what we, what can we do, you know? But I'm glad we're all here and we're, you know, because if if it wasn't for Alcoholics Anonymous, I'd have been a dead man a long, long time ago, you know? Uh, I've got to, I've talked to some people here that I've seen around over the years, but never really knew. Mike is is an old, old, like his dad was such a close friend of mine. But the other day, we were at we went to Target and ran into Mike's wife, and and uh, she's she's a normie, but he's Mike's just like his dad. He's always got these pretty young women for. Her. <laughs> I love you, Mike. It. Stop it. <laughs> but anyway, we 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 see her in line. She goes, "Well, go ahead of us, because we had like one item, and. Uh, She tried to, we, she'd won some gift cards, some Target gift cards, and we we tried to buy some uh, food cards with them, and they said, oh, we can't, we won't do that, so his wife takes them, says, well, here, I'll take them for you. I'll just use them for my groceries, and, uh, (laughs) you know, what a deal, we ended up, we we freaked out after we left and, and turned around and went back because said oh what if they didn't have those cards endorsed, I don't, so we turned around and she's come out and she says oh yeah yeah they they cashed them it was fine, but I I yelled at her I says well you know what I didn't want you to go home and tell your husband that your AA friends had <laughs> ripped you off. <laughs> For, for these, you know, 50 bucks or whatever these cards were, you know. Anyway, what a deal. You know, uh, before we came here tonight, my wife was pointed at a, a, a poem. I guess I wrote her this poem many years ago. I'd like to read it to you. It says, Susie, and there's a heart drawn, says, why I love you. You give me hope and you help me cope. When life pulls me down you bring me around. You teach me to care and help me to share. You make me honest with kindness and best. From you I learn love with grace from above. It's for you I live And I want to give. You are the reason that falls fills each season. When I hear love, I think of you. You are my world and my best friend, too. I love you because you are so kind, thoughtful, and caring. I love you because you are so pleasant, loving, and sharing. You make me the man I am. Thank you, Bob. Wow. Right. You know, uh, be, you know because of Alcoholics Anonymous, the things that I shouldn't have ever learned or got, I you know God has given me. I miss I miss my friends. I had so many you know of the old timers that were here when I got sober. That taught me so many things. I miss him so much. Like Mac, I'll think of Mac constantly, you know? And when I had that accident, him and his and Kay came over my house and says, they knew I couldn't talk. I was laid up in a chair. And they said we only came over here to make sure susie was okay (laughs) you know that's that's what we get from alcoholics and honest you know (laughs) we are so fortunate so if if you're new or reasonably you know when i went to care unit the counselor took me aside and said you know bob if you could do whatever to stay sober for a year no matter what you have to do you have a possibility of staying sober the rest of your life. Somehow I believe that. You know, he was a counselor, a care unit that had five years, was probably five years sober. But I believed him. So if you're new, reasonably new, or not sure how things are going for you, don't give up before the miracle happens. You know? That most of us shouldn't be, you know, a lot of us, I've known, Fernando, I've known you a long, long time, you know. It, it's, that's why you go to meetings, you see the same people doing the same thing over and over and over and over. You know, my my sponsor's 87. He's my hero. He, he just, left maybe three or four months ago, he put a new... Pause attraction rear end in his 44. <laughs> that's my hero that's right you, you know don yeah. you'll see him any any day of the week sitting out there on on cullen right. you know with with some of the sick laming lazy guys you know and tomorrow morning we, we have a breakfast it's early it's usually the last saturday of the month But because of Christmas, it's early, so it's tomorrow morning. And uh, it's it's a men's stag deal, but, you know, we do that breakfast every, you know, every month. This happens to be my birthday month, so I would be there regardless as long as I'm not in Texas having more grandchildren. (laughs) Because she's got the priority there, you know. Anyway, I don't know what time it is. I don't know how we're doing on time. You're okay, three more hours. <laughs> three more hours. <laughs> Ten minutes. Ten more minutes. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the steps. All right. Yeah. They're always, you know, handy, aren't they? <laughs> yep. You know, step one: powerless over alcohol. That our that our lives had become unmanageable. You know, that's a two-part step, and it's also it talks about it in the book that that's the only step we have to take a hundred percent. And most of us that have been here a while, every morning take step one. You know, do we got to remember? I do that that I'm alcoholic today, just like I was in 1985. You know, and my first sponsor, which you all see tomorrow, a guy named George, and, and if he always told me, he said, you know, Bob, for you to drink is to die. And the old, longer I'm around this program and the older I get, I, I believe that more and more. How could I raise my hand as a newcomer after all these years I just I think my pride would kill me. And as long as I think that way and as long as I feel that way, guess what? I'm gonna stay sober. I'm gonna stay here and do whatever it takes to stay sober. And you know, God is as long as I trust in my God, He's gonna keep me here, you know. Anyway, when when you know when I when I'm done with AA? When they put that first shovel of dirt on me. Like the rest of my friends, you know. Anyway, step two. You we know, don't when when I first read step two because I had I came to Alcoholics Anonymous. I I was suicidal. It was either so I thought that's what they were talking about. Years later, I realized for me to be restored to sanity. Was that I don't take a drink? for me to take a drink would be insanity. That would be step two. You know, uh, step three came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us. You know, same. No, that's step two. Came. Step three made a decision. Now that's. Now we'll get back to the the frogs on a, on a, when you. When step three, if there's three frogs on a lily pad and they decide to jump off, how many frogs are left? well, three, they only made the decision they didn't take the action for many years I would go I would go camping and go motorcycle riding and take all my big book and 12 and 12 and writing pads because I was going to write a perfect four-step. Well, what really, when I completed step three was when I could, was able to write a four-step. And, am I putting you to sleep sleepless? Anyway, but my, my four, you know, for many years, I did a four-step when I was in care unit, but I didn't really count it because it was all guided by, you know, here, right, to right this, say that, you know. Anyway, my first four-step I did. I came home because there was a, a priest across the street at a Catholic church, and I was raised Catholic. I thought, oh, that's perfect. I'll give it to, you know, I'll, I'll do it like a confession to him. Well, I ended up getting home from school, or work. I picked up my kids, put them in their bedroom, and I started writing the worst thing I could think of. It was an immoral inventory, basically. But I knew even then that I wasn't gonna drink because I forgot to put down on my list that I was a good worker that I always got up early and went to work. I got rid of the deepest, darkest, dirtiest things I could think of. But my probably the most important fourth step I ever did was, I, fourth and fifth, was I was sitting at home and it was a rainy year. And I was almost five years sober and my head started telling me how bad it was gonna become. And I realized at the time that my whole life was ran on fear. And I did an, inv- and matter of fact, I shared it with George on the way to get my fifth birthday. And today, if I'm still not careful, fear can control my life. If I, if I sit there and listen to my disease, Cause it's not gonna tell me the best things gonna happen. It's gonna tell me <laughs> the worst always. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so fortunate. Uh, my my wife's been baby gets to babysit. The only two kids we have in California are over in Chino, with my sobriety baby. He was born 18 months after I got sober. You know. Eh, what a gift you know and he knows his daughter and son doesn't yet but he knows if it wasn't for alcoholics anonymous they would have never been born she was on her way out so how would how was i going to have a son if we if alcoholics anonymous hadn't saved our marriage and kept you know kept us together. Anyway, someday, me and my son have talked about this. Someday, both my granddaughter and my grand, she's four, and, and Leon is two years old. But someday, they will know. The only reason they were born was because of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, that's why... Grandma had their dad, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna close it up. I'm cold, I'm shivering. <laughs> you guys are probably dressed warmer than I am. <laughs> but uh with that I'm gonna who do I turn it back over to?
1: Fernando. Hey, All hey right, you all right, let's go ahead and give it so up large. for Anthony and Bob with Pound and We're grateful they come out here. Thank you, everyone, for a very attentive, good audience. God bless you, everyone. And now, okay, we got a raffle. Please come on up, Ron, and on uh, this.
0: Ron and you, here. Here's Ron and me.
1: <laughs> All right, now we expect you guys to read these books now. Yeah. <laughs> Kimballio. Yep. All right, we got two new new books. Uh, you know these books yep. very well. I always tell my sponsor, conquer the books. Let's conquer the book. That's the program. Conquer the books. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ron what about this one Can you break that up yeah probably it's okay. <coughs> yeah, a honors program yes sure. a, oh. <laughs> are you at <laughs> you
2: wait what one
1: How all right you let's go Ron. okay you you need first number we got is Seventy-two-fifty-one, seven-two-five-one. I got it right here. You don't have to worry about me. I, I forgot right. to sell it, buy got the winter
2: ticket. Winter what book, what are they?
1: You got the 12 and 12 and the big book. Okay, I'll take the 12 and 12. All right. All right. All right. There you go. That's a <laughs> Seventy-two twenty-six.
2: Seventy-two twenty-six
1: is our next number. <laughs> Get that one too, John? All right. Twenty. Right here. All right. Come on up. We got to conquer, conquer that book. Come on down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got a water now. Anybody want to raffle out of water? water? We're out of books. <laughs> Okay, a new person that doesn't have a book, big, big, big AA book. book, someone that does not have a book, does? that's new. Hey, Who doesn't have a book? We're gonna
2: beat you over the head it's a free book. Who want it? 200? 200? Okay. Got a newcomer? Maybe next week.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for coming on here today. Thank you for helping me, helping us have a great time. Let's give ourselves a hand clap. Now the promise yeah. of If we are painstaking about this phase of development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past and wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us we will suddenly realize that god is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves are these extravagant promises well we think not they are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly sometimes slowly they will always materialize if we work for them now after a moment of silence for the alcoholic who still suffers in and out of these rooms and the innocent children caught in the crossfire. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be be thy name. Thy kingdom come. come. Thy Thy will will be done done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. He's coming back. Coming
2: back. Good to see you, Mike. Good to see you, too. Ah. To see you, maybe. you guys.